Well, good morning, friends. So good to connect with you. I, I don't know about you, but uh, what, a, what a wonderful time this morning, uh, connecting with our God, expressing our delight and our worship of Him. And, uh, and uh, thank you so much, Les, and, and the love that is shown to us as staff. We really appreciate that. And we love you, and our desire is to serve you and, and to help you grow and become all that God would have you be. Now, if you haven't been with us, we've been in a series of messages called Grow Up. And as we look at the Bible, we understand that God calls us to grow and mature. And just as we, just as we think of our, our own children when they're born, they need to be nourished and, uh, and helped and aided to grow and to become all that uh, they can become. And um, when we started the series, I, I asked you if, um, if you would cons- let us know that you want this fall to be a time of accelerated spiritual growth for you. And we asked you to mark in the comment uh, box just your name. And uh, I told you that I would pray over those. So I've got a list of you, and I'm so grateful for all of you who have signed up. And I'm praying that God will really use uh, this fall and the things that we're talking about to help you grow and become all that God wants you to become. Um, Jesus would say in in Luke chapter 6, everyone who is fully taught will become like his or her master. And as we follow the Savior, his goal, his desire for us is that we would, we would become like Jesus. And uh, that's our mission, to, help, to lead people to know Jesus Christ and to follow him passionately. And, and that following him passionately is a lifelong uh, task that we have and, and, and to grow in to be more and more like him. So that's what, that's what we're about as a church. That's what we're doing week by week by week. And, and you know, the sad thing I find is you can be a, a believer and you can be a believer for decades upon decades and you have no tangible spiritual growth. You're no closer to the Lord. You're no more like Jesus than you were 40 or 50 or 60 years ago. And so our challenge is for all of us that God wants us to grow and that we would apply ourselves to that. Now, some of you may be saying, well, I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't know about this, uh, this group and, and I, I, can I still get on? Yes, you can put in the comment section um, of our, of our uh, program uh, your name. Uh, and commit, and we'll be happy to put you on and, and uh, encourage you and pray for you. Well, uh, if we're supposed to grow and mature and become like Jesus, the question is this, how do we do that? Um, how, do we, how do we see that happen and become a reality in our life? Well, it starts, as we looked at uh, three weeks ago for, for a couple of weeks, we looked at the Word of God. We need to be fed, we need to be nourished, and when you think in the physical realm, um, if we don't, if, if we have a, a baby and we don't feed that baby, if we don't provide the nourishment that that child needs, he or she will never grow up to be healthy. And so it is with us with the Word of God. When we're born spiritually, 
And, and you need a spiritual birth. If you don't have a spiritual birth, you, this makes no sense to you. Um, but if you have a spiritual birth, and Jesus said, you must be born again. Um, and, and Peter tells us that as newborn babies, desire the sincere milk of the word that you might grow by it. And so the New Testament is full of allusions to uh, growing in our faith. Uh, and, and so what we need is spiritual nutriments uh, for what, we're, what, what God wants to do. Do you remember when Jesus was uh, in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights he hadn't eaten, and Satan was tempting him. And Satan came and said, um, you know, satisfy your need. Um, just turn these stones into bread so that you might have nourishment. Do you remember what Jesus said? You know, he, he, he came against Satan, and, and he said this, that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And if we're going to grow, we need that kind of nourishment. And, and the key that we saw before was not just to, uh, not just to, uh, to have, have the knowledge, but to put it in, into practice, to apply it. It's, it's dangerous if this is just a, an academic pursuit. This is to be a life transformation pursuit. And, and the danger comes when we don't treat it like that. The key is to obey. The key is to put into practice. The key is not only to, to be a hearer of the word, but to be a doer of the word. It's not for information, it's for transformation. And Jesus said when he gave his, uh, his disciples kind of their marching orders in the end of Matthew in, in the, uh, uh, the Great Commission, he said to them that they need to be taught to obey everything that Jesus commanded. And so week by week, our goal is to uh, teach what God says, and the responsibility is, as the Spirit of God guides and directs us, that we put that into practice. So, last week we began a discussion on prayer. Prayer as a gift from God, a gift that we have been invited into a relationship with the Almighty God, the Creator. We have access to Him. We can talk to Him anytime, anywhere. We can approach Him and have an audience with this sovereign uh, Creator on the basis of what Jesus Christ did for us. And, and I don't, you know, I, I have this feeling that I don't think we fully understand. Uh, the privilege that we have. Uh, to me, can you, can you imagine, as we talked about how great God was last week, can you imagine that God would be, uh, in all of this greatness, he would condescend to want a relationship with us, to be close to us, and, and to gift us this ability to pray and talk to him and understand his purpose in our lives um, God has spoken. We have a speaking God. You say, well, yeah. Oh, I want you to think back to the Old Testament time. They fabricated idols. They made their own gods. Their craftsmen designed them and, and, and made them. And, and those idols, those gods couldn't speak. 
They couldn't hear. Uh, they couldn't act. They couldn't do anything. They couldn't feel anything. And, and, and in, in Deuteronomy, it's, uh, it's beautiful. In, in Deuteronomy 4, 7, it says this. What other nations, what other nation is so great as to have their gods near them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him? Do you get that? Uh, of all the peoples in the ancient Near East, all surrounding Israel, there was no nation that was so great as to have their gods near them the way that our Lord, our God is near us whenever we pray to him. He goes on to say as well that, that uh, not only is it that, but he, he gives us information for how to live and he, he explains the way of blessing to us. And, and here we are with this incredible privilege of being able to talk to God anytime we have access to him to pray to him. Who, who has a God like that? No one, no one. So that's us. Our God speaks and our God listens. And, and our God sp lis uh, speaks and listens and our God acts in response to the prayers of his people. Now, prayer is a means to spiritual growth. It's an opportunity to be close, in close uh, relationship, uh, to grow and to mature in your faith, to make you more like Jesus. It was absolutely indispensable in the life of Jesus. I mean, uh, the, the disciples would, would get up early in the morning, and they, hey, anybody see Jesus? Do you see Jesus? Where's Jesus? And they'd go looking for him. And they would find that Jesus would be in a solitary place. He'd be in a, in a, in a place of, of solitude, quiet, away from everyone. And he would be speaking to his father. He'd be communing with his father. And the disciples are looking at, at Jesus. And they're just like, they're mesmerized by who he is and, and what he does. And they're trying to figure out, well, how, how, you know, how do we make sense of Jesus? What, what's... What's his key? What, what is it? And they, they very quickly came to the conclusion that what, what Jesus had, what Jesus was doing was, was he had this tight relationship with the Father, and that's what sustained him. And so the disciples come to Jesus, and they say, look, it, Master, teach us to pray. We see in your life that that is such a signal mark of what is happening in your life. We want that as well. Of course, he gave them out of that the Lord's Prayer. You know, um, if you're like me, uh, prayer can be a challenge at times. I mean, there, uh, I think sometimes I'm, I'm, dis, I'm discontent with my prayer life, that I don't pray more, that I don't pray more fervently at times, um, or what I should be. Uh, but I have such wonderful times of prayer as well, I, to be enraptured in prayer, to be elevated, to be excited, to be animated, to be emotionally, deeply touched by God, uh, in prayer, to be intellectually absolutely blown away when I try to come to grips with the greatness and the majesty of God and all that he's done for us in Christ. And then there are times when 
Well, prayer isn't that for me. It's a struggle at times. I remember Tim Keller was speaking um, and, and, and talking about a, one of the, the great Christian statements of uh, state, statesmen of the past uh, century. And he had a chance to talk with him. And, and uh, he had written numbers of books and had spoken around the world. And, uh, and Tim Keller said, you've never written a book on prayer. And this great statesman uh, whom we would you know, defer to as, as so much further down the road spiritually than we are, felt just inadequate in his prayer life and didn't feel that he could write a book on prayer. Um, he, he didn't feel worthy of that kind of authority, that, uh, that there was so much room for improvement. And perhaps you felt like that too about your prayer life. You felt spiritually dry. And sometimes it seems as though our, our prayers can bounce off the ceiling and, and there's no sense that, God, are you really listening or do you hear? And, and, and so here we are. Uh, sometimes feeling unmotivated, sometimes finding it boring or repetitious that we are praying the same thing over and over again, and our minds can wander, and sometimes we can run out of things to pray for, and maybe even give up a little bit on prayer. Does that express what you've had some experience like that? I think probably many of us have. And, um, you know, we, we hear... Uh, today as we focus on prayer in the context of a relationship with God we understand that prayer is not a monologue it's not just me talking to God but it is actually a dialogue that I am talking to God and God and God is talking to me and, and, and here we are um, invited to share in this intimate relationship with the triune God. When we think of prayer and the incredible privilege we have and the access that we have to God at any time or anywhere in this, in this relationship, this conversational relationship with God, it's actually quite mind-blowing. Now, prayer always begins with God. Prayer always begins with God. We have access to God, but prayer is, is something that we, we are led in by God. God always begins. God speaks, and what we do is we respond to God. We respond to what he shares with us. Now, we said, where does God, where does God instruct us? Pri the, the primary place where we look for God to speak to us is in the Holy Scripture, in the Word of God. And, and God will speak to us through his word, and we speak back to God in prayer. Our relationship with God is not one-sided. And, and God's, God's speech is powerful. God's word is powerful. God could say, let there be light, and the universe is flooded with stars. In Isaiah 55, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord, as the heavens are higher than the earth. So are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. 
as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. God talks to us. God speaks to us, and his word is powerful. We have a speaking God, and we're called on to respond to that God. He communicates to us through words. He gave us his word, the word of God. His son is called the word. The word was with God, and the word was God. And and we have this privilege of being in this two-way Uh, relationship with him. It's amazing God has uh, allowed us to enter into this relationship with us and to converse with us. Now, when, when you grew up, you learned to speak by listening to people speak. Uh, As they spoke, you would mimic that and you would learn to speak as well. And, And prayer is somewhat similar We learn to pray by listening to God and speaking back to God. God is always the initiator. He speaks first, and then we respond to that which he has revealed. Tim Keller had had related uh, that without the word of God, we'd be left to our own devices, and we'll pray to a God that simply will give us whatever we want. Now, those of you who are parents understand and know that it it would be foolish of you to give your kids everything they ask for because many times what they're asking for is not not helpful to them. It can be harmful. And, And so as wise and loving and caring parents, we don't give our kids everything they ask for. And so this attitude that God should give me everything I want is is a faulty one in terms of the word of God. Uh, God wants, uh, God can ask us to do things sometimes that are difficult and challenging and and to persevere in a tough situation or, or to say no to an opportunity because it wouldn't be according to God's word and all of that kind of thing. And so we need to we need to respond to God's word, not tell God what it's about and what, what we want him to do outside of what he would have for us. John Piper would say, for me it's absolutely essential that my prayers be guided by, saturated by, and sustained and controlled by the word of God. If we're, if we're to speak to God, back to God. We need to have those prayers grounded in God, in his character, and who he is, and what he does, and what he reveals to us. And, and, And so powerful is the word of God that in those interactions, he begins to transform us step by step by step. As we have these encounters with God through Jesus, and, and with the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Well, the question is then, how do we read the Bible in such a way that it changes our lives, that it strengthens us, that it matures us, that he forms us to be like Jesus? Well, we need to first read the Bible for life transformation. How do we do that? How do we, how do we get there? 
Well, we ask God for guidance. We ask God for help. Um, now, I think we put ourselves first in a place where, where God can speak to us. And so let me just share with you in a very practical way. When you're thinking about your prayer life with the Lord, find a quiet place. Find a good time for you, a good time that you might encounter God. Um, Jesus found solitary places. Um, a lot of us have so much noise in our life, so much busyness, so much preoccupation with everything that's going on. And, and uh, we need to find a place f without distraction as much as we can to prepare our hearts to hear from God, to ask him to give us understanding, to read a verse or more slowly and pause over, to think about the, what the verse says, if you don't understand it, to move on, but to pray your situations and, and your, what you are back to God with what God is saying to you. Well, he says here, um, the first thing that we want to do in reading the Bible for transformation, we said, is this. It must be read slowly and thoughtfully. We need to take time. We need to ask, as we said, ask God for guidance. This is not a race. It's not how much scripture you can read, whether you understand it or not. It's reading slowly leading thoughtfully, pausing after every verse or maybe after every little section and, and, and thinking, what is God saying from his word to me? How has how this, this come to play in my life? Well, it also must be read under the illumination of the Holy Spirit. Um, in 1 Corinthians 2, it says this, We've not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit, that is Holy Spirit, who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, uh, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, expressing the spiritual truths in spiritual words. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God for their foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. We can't understand scripture properly without the help of the Holy Spirit. And here we're told how that happens. You see, the Bible is a supernatural book. It's only fully understood and applied as God makes it understandable. Now, I shared with you uh, a couple weeks ago or so that I had a, a professor who, uh, who went to Harvard and took a course in the theology of the Apostle Paul. And uh, he was an expert in that, in that literature in Holy Scripture. And so uh, my friend asked him, because he was, a, he was a Jewish man, and the Jews don't accept the the Christian scriptures in the New Testament. And he said to him, do you believe what you're teaching? He said, oh, oh no. 
I mean, he can have a knowledge about it. He can, he can look into oh, the whole background. But he said, is this, is this the kind of thing? Do you, do you believe it? No. He says, I don't believe it. And, and, and you can have a, a level of understanding that is here. You can go through all the word studies and the theology and all of that, and you can say, this is what Paul is saying. And this, but it means nothing. It meant nothing to him. And it will mean nothing to us unless the Holy Spirit gives us understanding, and not only understanding, but also the application. Um, it's, it's interesting. Um, uh, we, we had a, a number of years ago, we had a woman come with her daughter because of an invitation from her daughter's friend to come to our church for a, a service. And she came and, and she said to me, um, after the service, as she was walking out, she said to me, um, inspiring message, Reverend. And uh, she left. But something awakened her a little bit, and she, she called me. She said, can I make an appointment with you? I said, yeah, absolutely. She came and put on my desk her whole dossier of all the papers she had written and all of the, uh, the work she had done in, in her career. And we got talking, and, and God turned on the light for her in that, and she opened her heart to Jesus Christ. The next week, she came back to church, and I could see her waiting to talk to me, and she said, you won't believe this. I mean, I've read a little bit of the Bible over my lifetime, but, but all of a sudden, as I'm reading, it's coming off the pages to me, and I'm understanding it, and it's making sense, and God is showing me things about it, and that's what it is, what the Holy Spirit does. He, he can help us understand not only the meaning of Scripture, but the application to Scripture. Now, this professor, uh, this professor who, at, at Harvard, it made no sense to him. I mean, he could tell you all about it, but there was no value in it for him. There was no, there was no desire for him uh, to, to want to do anything about it or change his life. And, and that's where we come to in this. Um, I spent uh, probably an hour and a half with a woman a number of years ago explaining to her the way of salvation. And... Uh, I tried to illustrate it in every way I can. I shared scripture from here and there and, and everywhere. And, and after, after this hour and a half long discussion, she said to me, um, well, I just don't know what more I can do. And I'm going, you've missed everything I said. I said, you can't do anything for yourself. All you can do is put your trust in Jesus for what he's done. And, and, and when you see the light go on, only the Holy Spirit can do that. And so we, we're called in that sense um, to rely on the Holy Spirit, to seek the guidance of the Holy Spirit in helping us to understand the meaning of, and the application of it. And the next thing is... Um, we need to meditate on each verse in the passage, or if it's a longer passage in each section. Um, now, meditation is something that is, is kind of in vogue. 
that has been transported from the east. And a lot of it is like saying these mantras going over in your head and over and over and over in your head. And, and sometimes it's just to clear your mind and to, to have nothing, to try and have nothing in your, in your mind, nothing that you're thinking about. But when we come to the, the Old Testament and we read about... Uh, about meditation. The, the word actually in Hebrew is a word that means like to mutter or to whisper. You ever see somebody walking down the street and you know they're talking to themselves and you wonder if they're a little ooh, ooh, loofy. Um, and, and, but w what this is, it's, it's to be able to mutter to yourself, to whisper to yourself, to ponder, to think about, to dwell on. So, so you get the word of God and, and you begin to work it around in your mind and you're thinking about it and, and the Holy Spirit can guide you in the process of that. And, and you're trying to figure out how, uh, what, what this means for you. Take time with the word of God. Meditate on it. Think about it. Um, let God work in your, your mind through his holy scripture. Uh, one of the things that I do as I do this, I, I've done this for years. I've probably done this for 30, over 30 years. I, I, I get these little uh, coil-bound books, and uh, it's my journal. And I'll sit and, and I'll read and pray, and uh, sometimes what I'll do is I'll, I'll pray, I'll, I'll write my prayers out to God. I find sometimes when you write something, you have to articulate it more clearly. And, and, I'll, and I'll share what God is sharing with me and what he's doing. And sometimes I can go back to a difficult time in my life and see what God was doing and find encouragement from that. But, but uh, to be able to take and spend time with God, and, and this is one way I have of kind of mulling it over and, and meditating on it. Um, and, and so we, we then go from there to talking about what God is talking to you about. Uh, I'm sorry, there, I missed this verse. Let me just read it for you. Do not let this book of the law, this is Joshua, God's speaking to Joshua. Don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do. Remember, it's about doing. It's about life transformation. Uh, the, be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Well, well going from there, um, to make this, to see this happen in our life, we need to talk to God about what God is saying to us, his concerns, what, what he has for us. And, and that's the point on, on which we look at our, our our attitude. Is there something God wants us to stop doing? Is there something that God wants us to, is warning us to stay away from? Is there something that he wants us to, to do in, in a very practical way? Um, do we, is he impressing upon us that we need to trust him more in a, in a given situation? We need to remember who he is and we, we need to put our trust in him. But it always calls for a response. And if there's no response, then there's no forming us um, in the image of Jesus. So let me, let me just give you a, a, little, a little taste of this. Um, I, I just put down the first three verses of 
the 23rd Psalm. Um, as we respond in obedience to God, here's an example. Let's take, let's take just the first three verses. How might I pray God's word back to him? So I'm reading and I'm saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. The Lord, the God of the universe, the covenant God of his people who loves them and invites them into a relationship is a shepherd. Well, if, if he's a shepherd and I'm a sheep, then I'm a needy person. And, and, and not only he, is he a shepherd, he's my shepherd. I can say that he's mine. Uh, he has owned me. He, he, he brought me into his family. He, he put me in, a, in his, his flock. And, 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 and if God is my shepherd, and, and all that we've sung about how good and how awesome and how wonderful he is, he's working in my life. Lord, I can't believe that you are my shepherd. This is a time for praise. This is a time for gratitude. The Lord, you are my shepherd. I accept you as my shepherd. I don't deserve you. I'm not worthy of that. And yet you have chosen me. You've said that I shall not be in one. I won't need anything. And Lord, I'm struggling with that because, because with COVID, well, maybe I, I lost my job. Or I know somebody who lost their job and they're struggling and they, they don't know what to do with that. And the Lord is my shepherd. And, and I may want to think of somebody else that's going through a difficult time and I said, pray oh, for this person. Lord, I pray that they would know who you are as their shepherd. I pray that, that they would uh, have their needs met. And, and the, you would care for them. So I may pray for myself. I may pray for somebody else as I, as I think about what this means for me in my situation right now or someone whom I love and care for. And he goes on and he says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. And, you know, I, sometimes life is is so hectic and, and there, it's so difficult and challenging. And, and here he brings me into green pastures where I can be fed and nourished. He, he, he brings me to a place uh, of quiet waters uh, where I can find, uh, find rest, where I can find renewal, where I can find uh, feeding and caring for and nurturing by him. He, we may go on to the next verse. He restores my soul. Uh, you know, this, this COVID season has been so hard on so many people. I've struggled with it at times myself. And, and you feel like you're depleted. <laughs> and he, my shepherd, restores my soul. Oh, I need that re restoration, Lord. I need your touch. I need you to, to do some internal work on me to grant me um, a restoration of soul and life and, and vitality and desire for, for what you have for me. And he guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I've got decisions coming up that I need to make. I don't know... I don't know where I should go, Lord. You say that you guide me, and I need your guidance. 
And, and Lord, I'm thinking of this situation and this decision that has to be made, and I'm not sure how, how I can handle or manage that. But, but Lord, you promised that you would guide me in, in the right paths, and it's for your own sake. Lord, help me to, help me to think of what you want, your sake. It's not for my sake. It's for, for, for his name's sake. And I know that he only wants the best for me. You see how you can pray through and, and make that uh, an opportunity. And when you do that, you find you're not running out of things to pray for. There, there are all kinds of things to pray for, for myself, for other people. And as God lays those on my heart, now that dialogue goes back and forth and I respond to God. Uh, what I want to do, and uh, as we close here, is um, I want you to, to encourage you. Now, what I've put in our e-bulletin is I've, I've put in a, a week's worth of scriptures from, from Monday, tomorrow, uh, through Sunday. And they're, they're coming from different parts of the Bible. And what I want to encourage you to do is to try this and put this into practice Find a good place and, and, um, and uh, pray and ask God for his guidance. And then go through these verses, just like I am here, and pray them back to God where appropriate. And uh, what I'm going to do is on Wednesday night between 7 and 8, we'll have a Zoom call. And again, you can go on, uh, online um, and go to our e-bulletin. The information will be there. And you can uh, connect with us. And we can maybe share. Uh, you can share what God is teaching you. You can maybe ask a question if, uh, of how to handle something. Or maybe you just want to listen and, and see what God is doing in, in other people's lives. But that'll, we'll do that Wednesday night, half, uh, halfway through. And you can um, reference any of those scriptures that we put in there. And, and my prayer is that we would really um, have this, this encounter with God in which we breathe out and he breathes in and, and that he begins to guide us and change us and we respond to his word. And that's my prayer for us, uh, that we would learn to dialogue with God and allow God to lead the conversation from his word. Does this mean you can't just pray for a need? No, of course not. But, but this is something that can help us in our regular um, Bible reading and prayer. And God puts those two things together as a powerful, powerful tool to life transformation for us. Um, so if, if you can, uh, can do that and try that, I think it would be, I think it'd be great. You may find it very helpful. And uh, then we can go online and, and see what kind of experiences people are having with that. Well, um, we are here uh, with, with our church family, those of you who are at home and, and uh, online and those of you who are here, and uh, we, we want you to have a, a, a great week and a, and a great blessing in the Word of God. And uh, we want you to know that uh, although things are a little different right now, we still love you and are concerned for you. And if you have challenges and stresses, um, I just pray that you would 
contact us, email us, someone will get in contact with you. And, and we want to just help and encourage you in your journey. If you're having, having struggles, we care about you and we want to encourage and help you. And uh, if you want somebody to pray with right now, you can go online, uachome.org uh, slash uh, pray with me and somebody will be happy to pray with you. And, and so we want to conclude our service. We're actually going to conclude our service with a prayer that is sung. And, and so I want to invite Colin to come at this time.